Welcome to another episode of Around the Table with Powerful Women. I'm Joy Caffrey. I'm Christy Daniels. And I'm Wendy Love Edge. And we are here today with Sue Coppernall. And I am delighted to be having this conversation. I know it's going to be stimulating and intriguing. Sue has a, a varied background. I, I, um, I know she was a military brat and has lived all over the country. And what's even more exciting is how many different things she has done. So I met her in a writing group, so I know that she is a writer and she's currently working on a book. I, I know that she's been a counselor, but she's also been a, um, an administrator of Planned Parenthood and a child abuse of prevention and was it the YMCA? And one of the things in particular that I'd love to stimulate conversation about is women speaking up, speaking up, speaking out. As, as Sue um, says, I want to uh, quote um, something that she has said, that she is passionate about being an encouraging force for women to speak, speak up, speak out, speak the truth, and bring power and love into the world. Let's kick it off with that. <laughs> I think anyone who is female in our society, even up until 2000, mm -hmm. has been in some way uh, instructed to speak softly. Mm. Every time an aunt of mine said goodbye to me, even up into my 70th year, she would say, now you be sweet, Susie. Mm -hmm. well, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> kind yeah. of limits mm -hmm. our speech and the topics of our speech. What so, we're allowed to say and how we say it. So it, mm -hmm. it, it really doesn't matter what your race or even your economic status is. You have your own structures about what's polite, what's acceptable, and um, what men can enunciate and what we are to clean up a little before mm -hmm. we speak it. Mm -hmm. So that, that was my first learning, and I learned it in my entire upbringing, and then from every woman that I've met, that I know, that I've worked with, um, th there were some, and, and many of them are so ingrained and unconscious that we don't challenge them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I find them every once in a while. <clears throat> so that, that seems to me to be the beginning. And then along about, it used to be middle school or freshman in high school, but now it's starting in fourth grade. The whole two things, mean girls, and competition for attention from men already mm -hmm. in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. You're competing for who's got the best dress and a boyfriend to go to the dance. Mm -hmm. and I, I mean, has that changed? I think that's how it's been all along, right? Yes. Or, or what? Tell me. I'm kind of curious about what you've seen over the decades of change, and or what you're hoping to see. Yeah. Okay. Then, in the 60s, in the mid-60s, I was the mother of five mm, excuse me, late adolescents, okay? They mm -hmm. were like 
14, 15, 16, 17. Oh my goodness. Close, and a, close succession. <laughs> <laughs> and a 12 year old. Um, and I became empowered by a woman who hired me as executive director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Southern Iowa. And my response, having had five children in six years, was, you're out of your mind. I've never even seen a diaphragm. <laughs> <laughs> but because of Annis's offer of this job, um, and the women that I've met mm -hmm. in uh, administering Planned Parenthood, I became very aware of the feminist movement. And I that's when I began to be concerned that when we find our voices mm -hmm. and we can speak, we have to use wisdom in how we speak, mm -hmm. to whom, at what moment. I'll give you one example, which is kind of silly, but it happened. Do any of you so much younger than I remember bra burning? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I remember okay. bra burning. Do you remember bra burning? Mm -hmm. yeah. It okay. wasn't the East Coast phenomenon. I don't know. <laughs> oh, bra burning. Bra burning. Okay. Bra burning. So in the Northeast, we say bra. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what you were we, saying. We add ours and take yeah, them out. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Burning, yeah. You've lost your, you're not doing that. Yeah. And I just like to get my own. So bra burning. Bra, bra burning. Yeah, yeah bra burning. Okay. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I watched hundreds of women take to the streets, build small bonfires, quite in um, acting like men who had burned their draft cards mm -hmm. for the Vietnam mm -hmm. War. And so they either, I don't think in America they took them off. They did in uh, my friend's country of the Netherlands. They just mm -hmm. take everything off. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think it depended on your but, area. But I watched them yeah. do this symbolic burning and yelling and, and jumping up and down. And what resulted was an opportunity for all kinds of people to laugh at and put down the feminist movement. Mm, mm. That energy, mm -hmm. it was a statement, but it wasn't made coherently. Mm. It wasn't made from um, issuance of words in mm -hmm. an attempt to get understanding. Mm. And it was about five years after that that I was a keynoter at a sexuality seminar at the University of Oklahoma when I spoke to the women law students. And the next morning, the headline of the student newspaper was, Copernol says, until I make my brother understand. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we don't make people understand by dramatic mm. acts which cannot be connected. Acts of rebellion. Yes. Right. Yeah. yes. You're right. Um, I think it, maybe what was missing was helping people to find the, the connection with, with uh, these women, the human connection. That's what I see today, that people, I think I, I posted something on social media to that effect today, 
did you forget we're all human? You know? <laughs> and when you find that human connection with whatever it is you're trying to change, that's when the minds start to change, I, I feel. And maybe by just that act of rebellion, which is a beautiful act of rebellion, really, because the bra itself is damaging even to, to, mm-hmm. to women, you know? Um, but maybe that human piece wasn't quite there, the connection. It, it was... It was... Okay, the, the philosophy and the need for freedom that was being expressed got lost mm-hmm. in the absence of creating understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I, that's why I... Sometimes we have competing needs, right? Mm-hmm. The, need, the need for freedom and yes. maybe more autonomy or empowerment and the need for understanding and... Uh, compassion and connection. In the years that I did a lot of work with women in the 80s, you remember the 80s when we wore men tailored clothes yeah. and ties? Shoulder pants. And, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, all those things are so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. But when I, when I worked with women who were had had their education, whatever you know, nursing administrators whatever, Um, they were still using, in the main, soft-spoken equivocation in the business world. Mm -hmm. And they were getting nowhere. Mm -hmm. They were not saying, I've just reviewed my last year's work, and I deserve a raise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were saying, oh, hi, uh, I just wondered if maybe raises were going to be given this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. here's one of my mantras, and I'll give you one other example. Women say the damnedest thing in the sweetest song voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were taught to be sweet. You told us in the beginning you were taught yeah. to be sweet. Yes. We're taught to, to be that way, mm-hmm. you know. And if we're not, then they attach other words to us, you know, right. the one that begins with a B. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So then I encountered, not because I wanted to, but because it's what women brought into uh, my arena for my services, I encountered women who, more than more than a few, who had packed up their bags, called the sheriff to serve divorce papers on their husbands at his work, which was a pretty humiliating kind of thing, and the husbands swore because. They always came then to my office to say, what did I do wrong and can you keep my wife at her and blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they always, the husbands, could honestly say, but I didn't know anything was wrong or I didn't know how unhappy she was or I didn't have any idea. So they were left in shock, dismay, oh, all sorts of things. So it's... Mm -hmm. The women had given them many messages, of course, emotional, but we had, we had been taught by watching our parents and their peers 
when we wanted to get a message across to our husbands, we used punishment. Mm. Withdrawal, you know, mm. ancient theater about withdrawing mm. sex. Mm. We had taught, been taught to give an emotional message. But the men were not on our emotional wavelengths. Right. So they mm -hmm. were perceiving it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we have a mismatch of understanding going on. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so there I was. Oh, uh, I, I think she did tell you. I, I think there were. <laughs> some... There were clues. <laughs> and are you saying it meekly like I think? Or saying, okay. she told you. <laughs> yeah. However, yeah. after I had been married for 35 years, mm -hmm. As a result of those encounters, we were driving from Mount Pleasant, Iowa to Dubuque, and my husband said, would you like me to get overnight reservations at this resort for after my family reunion so that we could have, you know, a nice weekend? And I said, no first time in 35 years <laughs> that I did not embroider, I did not explain, mm -hmm. but that one word got his attention. Mm -hmm. And he said, but I thought you liked that resort. Mm -hmm. Well, we can play golf. We, I don't want to play golf. Uh, <laughs> so I said, no, I didn't mean no about the resort. I meant I'm not ever going to one of your family reunions again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. I think it's true, you know, learning to speak up. You know, we find our voices and understanding, I think, later, you know, 50s and beyond. Mm -hmm. Because earlier than that, we're so conditioned to, to act like a lady, you know, use, use your quiet voice. We feel like there's so much at stake to lose mm -hmm. if we actually speak out truth. Yeah, right. If you're excluded right. from yeah. whatever tribe yeah. there right. is, even yeah. that's mm -hmm. the worst. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there are consequences. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I that's never what coached a woman to use her voice because in the process that I was engaged in, most of them had found they had a voice. Or they wouldn't have come to me and spoken. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right, right. Just but, to seek you out. Yes, mm -hmm. they had found mm -hmm. their voice for mm -hmm. some time and place, but they were not using it effectively. Uh, and I did everything from I owned an album for career women of tapes for using their full power and being effective. Um, to having workshops. Well, let, let me give you one example. I ran into, in both a tr uh, doing workshops for women attorneys and particularly in the nursing profession, and, and the topics would be given by the administration. I was there, one was called competence and caring for nurse, the balance. But, We'd be at a table around like this, and they'd come in and sit down, and I would ask people to introduce themselves. And inevitably, even with a new uh, attorney who had passed the bar, one of the women would say, well, my name is Sarah Jones, and I'm just a junior partner at the firm. 
or that word just my name love. is Hilda Jones and I'm just a CNA you know who does all the work in mm-hmm. nursing oh home? I know the CNA is so, right would right. you stand up and let me act this out <laughs> yes I will <laughs> I would go over to the person and say how did you do Justa it's so good <laughs> <laughs> Just When I was a, a little girl, I want to give a little story. A little story. Um, I, I was probably four or five years old, and we were in this department store, and they had a snack bar, and the moms would be getting their haircuts, and kids could wander around. And I went up to a counter, and I literally just stuck my head over it, and I said, can I have just a glass of water? <laughs> and that woman was so cool. Uh-huh. She was like, you cannot have just a glass of water. You can have a glass of water. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, that stuck with me. Yes. She said it so strong to me. And yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm really happy. We're taught to, to minimize yeah. ourselves. Yeah. yeah. To elevate those around us. Right. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and what I'm thinking as I'm hearing you talk, um, if you've been taught since you're a baby mm-hmm. to quiet down and diminish, it's got to be awkward to learn to use your voice, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, it's it's, it's I, a process. Um, yeah. And I want to throw something out into it, right? I know this was going around on, on Facebook a couple of years ago, but when uh, women do speak, they get ignored also. I remember being in a group, a circle, that mm-hmm. mixed uh, gender and someone said what time it was a woman instantly answered and nobody responded you know and then a few seconds later a man looked at his watch and responded and now all of a sudden the time was what it was mm-hmm. and so I want to counter those two different things like we're taught not to speak up and when we do speak up it doesn't always recognize yeah. so uh, I want to speak to that a little bit that conundrum of yeah and there are consequences mm. um, I had one of the most intriguing and ridiculous experiences when I was owned my own consulting firm, Crossroads Change Management, in the 90s, and I became the first woman invited to Oregon, Illinois Rotary Club. Mm -hmm. I didn't have much money. In fact, the bank refused to give me a loan, though my husband had gone on signature loans for Mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But every single month for three years in the Oregon Rotary Club, and there was another woman who had come along at that point in time, um, I put aside $100 until I got 1000 and when I had $1,000, I gave it to the secretary of the Rotary Club as my contribution to the Paul Harris Fellowship. They are the organization which said they had eradicated polio, they had dug wells around the world, blah, blah, blah. In the Rotary Club, in the only one I was ever a part of, when you were a Paul Harris Fellow, you received a ribbon with a medal. And the men always wore those ribbons and medals to fancy affairs. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't hear anything from my donation at all. There was no time scheduled to do what was always done, which was have the person come up front and give them a... But one day I went home 
from my work five miles away and there was a box in my mailbox. They had mailed my medal to my home address to keep any form of acknowledgement being given to a woman. Wow. So <laughs> I ripped it open and again trying to stay in a place of wisdom along with anger mm -hmm. and absolute amazement. Mm -hmm. Why did that matter so much mm -hmm. to 25 lawyers and dentists and ministers? And So I packed it back up in the box. I went to the office of the president of Rotary and said, this is yours. I have written an article for the International Rotary magazine which I will not mail if I get a notice at the club that next week I will be honored with the Paul Harris Fellowship Medal. Mm -hmm. I will not discuss this with anyone. I have no need, but I will not allow you to set a precedent mm -hmm. as more women become mm -hmm. Rotarians. Mm -hmm. So, Next week, I, and I don't know who made that decision. Maybe it was the guy that got my check for $1,000, but the next week, I put on a white suit with my red shirt, went to the club, had my husband there and some of my other Rotarian female friends from around the area, and uh, they went through the charade. Mm -hmm. Of presenting yeah. it to me, including a picture in the paper. Right. <laughs> what would you like to say to other women, like our, in terms of using their voice? How would you like to inspire, or what message of wisdom? And yeah, do you have something could, else to ask? Could, could yeah. I ask you to hold that? Sure, sure. Go ahead. Because Go I want to unpack what just happened. Yeah, sure, sure. Sure, sure. So it was, it was the, it was action. Yes. So mm. the wisdom that you had in you prompted you to write a letter mm -hmm. and to 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 have that that action play out either the the mailing of the letter to the article or the presentation it was a boundary well you see i had learned that words matter mm -hmm. and i knew that the one thing even mm -hmm. in oregon illinois the the establishment mails would not want those words released into mm -hmm. the ether. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Words matter. Mm -hmm. Remember, mm -hmm. I was once upon a time in ministry. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I mentioned that, but you were also. I know there's and a lot of things I could have mentioned. Yeah. Scripture mm -hmm. that remains in my mind every day is: in the beginning was the Word, mm -hmm. and the Word mm -hmm. was with God, and the Word was God. Words mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. So, first there's the finding that you have a voice. Mm -hmm. Then there has to be a supportive community of whatever kind that honors your voice, where you can speak it in, in permission to speak, protection while speaking mm -hmm. and the potency of other women who model speaking. Mm -hmm. When you have that, 
you find ways to rehearse. Um, and journaling is a wonderful way mm -hmm. to write down how pissed you are, the consequences if I speak, and how can I speak and be heard? Mm. That's the important thing. Mm. So you rehearse that in a journal. You rehearse it as I did this morning for an hour and a half with my friend Teresa, another mm -hmm. subject. Um, and then you are, you must be committed to being aware of the strictures Oh, you know, all of this learning, you have, to, you have to be aware that, that you can tamp yourself down. And you can go in and say, I need to talk to you, but oh, I see you're busy. <laughs> you be aware of the strictures. You take responsibility for the consequences. And your spoken word will be effective. Because there's something about speaking from a place of peace within and love rather than leftover anger, bitterness, or any mm -hmm. form of hate, that when that is spoken, mm -hmm. things change. And spoken from a place of sovereignty. Exactly. As, as you're, you're speaking of it, what I'm feeling next to you is the sovereignty with which you speak it. And that's exactly. part of that owning the consequences. Mm -hmm. Right. And there has never, no, no. Never and always are supposed to be out of my vocabulary. <laughs> there, there have been few times in recorded history that wise voices, authentic voices of women are more needed. This is a time in which building bridges between those of us who are traditionally Christian and those of us who have other forms, between women of color and white people, building bridges so that what we can enunciate clearly literally can just bowl them over. Mm -hmm. They are. One, one example of the president of Right to Life in a, a small town in Iowa uh, came to my office and was when, when I was still with Planned Parenthood and was very upset and she found out how terrible we were and we weren't because we weren't anywhere near. Well, abortion wasn't yet legal, so mm. anyway. Um, she sat down, and I listened, and I gave her the points at which we both cared deeply. That connection you're talking about, mm -hmm. more, right? Mm -hmm. That human connection. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yes, and I gave her factual accounts of women whose hands I had held during. Um, abortion procedure. I gave her my experience of having a young woman come to me trying to resolve a dilemma who 
couldn't make up her mind about what she should do about a pregnancy. And she asked me if I would pray with her. So of course I would pray with her. So she knelt down at her chair, and I knelt down at my office chair. And I prayed for her to make a wise decision. Excuse me. She said, thank you, I know I can't do that. And then within a matter of days, her circumstances hit her like a Mack truck, and she did, in fact, have the abortion. But I had no place mm. in advising her mm-hmm. anything mm. to do. Mm-hmm. I simply shared as carefully mm-hmm. and lovingly as I could what her alternatives were and meant it when I said, now that we have prayed together, I trust that that your decision will be the right one for you. Mm-hmm. But by no, um, so you met her where she needed where she was, And so, what was the outcome of the right to life woman who you were sharing these? Oh, she and I went together to the local Kiwanis Club <laughs> and mm. shared how we had become colleagues and friends mm. to the degree that we could and got a standing ovation <laughs> from the yeah. men. Yeah. Finally, yeah. they heard mm. our words. Mm. But remember, And your willingness to be open to each other. Yes. Right? Her willingness to listen to you and your willingness to listen to but, her. But that process mm. was difficult. And even if we had been able to be more collaborative and less judgmental and had not been able to speak mm-hmm. our words mm-hmm. to that particular small town establishment male organization, a lot of it would not have been as of great worth. Mm-hmm. We had to speak it aloud together. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we Pay attention to our early learning. We discover, however we do it, that we have a voice. Do we just find that out? Mm -hmm. Then we find places where, again, we are safe, protected, um, and encouraged. Mm -hmm. At that point, most of us in today's world have to decide what is my message, what is most important to me, Mm. what will I prepare, what is my audience that needs my words most, and how are they best to be reached. And I found out and I'm, I'm, I'm being very personal, but I found out 2018 downtown at stage 18. Yeah, I wanted to mention that. Yeah. That you when had, my poetry yeah. was made into a stage reading with professional actors and Jorian Lee did the soundscape, I found out that those words had a tremendous impact on men Mm-hmm. I was in the They're audience. Still there. Right. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. were crying 
because they hadn't honored their own mother's struggles. Mm -hmm. Some some were. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know. It's beautifully read, right? So her work was read by right. you there too. Or not? I actually yeah. was not there, but I'm, yeah. I'm friends with Jules Taylor, and right. I was. Yeah. Uh, I forget why I couldn't together. attend, unfortunately. So, but so yeah. my my I no longer. I haven't done this sort of thing in quite a while, <laughs> but I no longer engage in dialogue with the audiences that I did in the past. Mm -hmm. For example, I am no longer a Rotarian. I was out of there as soon as I managed their angel ball, convinced them to wear a tux instead of their jeans. Um, I no longer am a Christian minister. I am in ministry, but I do not lend my energy to the current directions uh, from the United Methodist Church about to split itself again. Mm -hmm. When I was 15, I went to a United Methodist College okay. named Andrew for the bishop that split the church mm -hmm. from Methodist Episcopal North to Methodist Episcopal South, and it didn't get reunited until the 1950s. Mm -hmm. And now, they're doing it. They're doing it again. Okay. You're just watching history repeat yeah, itself, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I can see how how much you know. You're very discerning with where mm. you're spent. You're directing your energy. That's where, an you important know, that it's thing to, to learn. Mm. Values. Mm. And, and unfortunately, like I would love to have you here for another hour yeah. to talk, but I know that we're coming we're to actually, the close. Yeah. I wonder if we could go back to your question. Yeah, well, I think she was starting to answer that. Like, if there's anything you can encourage women to do, what I was hearing was to find their voice, mm -hmm. right? To find uh, your tribe. Tri find your tribe, right? Mm -hmm. And so be able to say it in a yeah. place where you know that you will be heard and received, you will be protected by your tribe. Right. That protection is really interesting. And yeah. know and what you want to say, right? Your yeah. passion. Know your passion. Know your See, message. When, when Joy asked me to do this, she asked if I had a particular topic or theme that I might like to engage. And now I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> but Great. I do know that I woke up at 5.30 the next morning. Yeah, and you sent me a new email. This is and, what I want to say. And mm -hmm. I knew mm -hmm. that my passion had always been, since I was an 11-year-old in high school, who answered my 15-year-old classmates' question, have I gone all the way? <laughs> by showing her the materials my father, the Air Force officer of education, used to train guys in using a condom. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I had always been the person who wanted other women, other girls, other people on the edge to have the support the education right. and the words mm -hmm. that they needed. What that young woman, and she was, what she needed was the ability to say, oh, thank God, no, I don't want to do that yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and that, that, was, that was, again, it was her decision. Mm -hmm. But we have 
to speak. One of the things in a recent study on integrity that I found, yeah. I can run away from nothing again ever. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. when I'm supposed to speak, I will speak. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're at the end of our 30 minutes. And so I want to thank you so much for joining us. And as Christy said, we can. Pro I know that there was so many more aspects in your bio here of things that you've done and wisdom that you've attained. And maybe we'll have to have you back again. Yeah, mm -hmm. that would be fun. Mm -hmm. How can people get in touch with you? Okay, I just found one of these. This is what I have done in the last eight years since I moved here infrequently, but with great joy. It's Sukha Bernal, interfaith minister, ceremonies and celebrations. Oh, so nice. For example, I have done house blessings. Uh, had I known you were moving here, mm -hmm. I would love to have been a part of mm -hmm. blessing the new studio mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. of that. I have done mm -hmm. Probably. We're, we're going to have to wrap up because yeah. we're, we're So uh, do you want me to read say. off your email yeah. address? Yes. Yeah. Sure. Um, so it's starburst without the U, S-T-A-R-B-R-S-T at cox.net. Um, Sue Carpinell, Interfaith Ministries, I love that. And you can also catch her on Facebook, and we'll put those links on the um, in the episode notes. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, so, Sue, for Yeah, here. thank you for uh, speaking out. <laughs> I will be sending the link to every woman I have met in Northwest Arkansas that they can see your podcast. Oh, oh nice. sweet. Thank you. Well, <laughs> they're thank needed. You. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Any avenue mm -hmm. for speaking our truth. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Do do that little toast. <laughs> Here's, Here's to, to a soulful, soulful joyful, joyful, and edgy life. life. Thank you for watching. Come join another episode. <laughs>